is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hey, y'all, it's Alicia, and welcome back to another episode of the Eating Me Podcast. I am so excited that you are here this week because I had an amazing conversation with Shiloh Miner. And Shiloh is the founder of an amazing coaching program called Loved for Life. Um, And in this coaching program, she helps women that are in relationships, particularly marriages, that they feel have kind of gone south. And so she provides amazing, amazing coaching for these women. And we had not only a conversation about the work that she's doing, but also about her struggles with eating as well. And we just had a really great time. We vibed so well, and I am so excited for for you all to hear this conversation. But before I get you in that space, let me share a little bit about Shiloh. So Shiloh is a well-loved wife and mom of two wild boys. She helps high-achieving women create extraordinary marriages without couples therapy, nagging, or hard work. She is passionate about guiding good women, break generational cycles of being emotionally neglected, taken for granted, and feeling alone while taking care of everyone and everything else. She is honored to help smart, determined women get the love, support, and affection that they truly need. Y'all, I'm so excited for y'all to hear this conversation, so I won't keep you waiting. Without further ado, please, y'all, welcome Shiloh Miner. We have the amazing Shiloh Miner here with us. She actually coaches women um, that are in that are married and helping them to empower themselves just to be better people and to, yeah, and actually just kind of like enhance their actual relationships with their partners as well. So I'm so happy you are here, Shiloh. And you can talk more about that at some point and just like the work that you do. But thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for it. Oh, awesome. So I know, you know, I put out a feeler just to see like if people were interested about talking about food and I thank you for, you know, responding uh, to that. But what, what I realized is once I started, you know, learning more about you, I was like, I am so interested one to hear your story about emotional eating. And then also two to talk about what that looks like and how that actually comes up when you are coaching women um, and how that actually, how eating has affected, you know, their relationships as well. So we'll backtrack and we'll just start with what was, what was your story first with just emotional eating in general? And how you've actually um, gotten to a point where you're, at, I wouldn't say com- maybe at peace, but you're, you know, still along that journey or whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for asking that. So I'll try to not tell my whole life story, but you know, it always starts at the beginning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I come from the clean your plate club. So that's first and foremost, nothing yeah. is left on that plate. Cause that's not what good people do. Someone's yep. starving in Africa, and if you don't eat it, you're disrespecting all of them. That was yes. very, very traditional that way. And I love food, and you know, I got a lot of praise eating all my potatoes. But then I played sports. I played basketball, volleyball, soccer, everything. So I never looked like an overeater. And so mm. I always thought, well, I didn't feel right. Everybody would just be like, what are you talking about? You're fine. Because everybody thought that if you have a food problem, you're going to have a weight problem. Right. And 
you know, my weight fluctuates, you know, 10, 15 pounds. Um, but to me, it's, it's because I'm emotionally eating. It's not mm. because of natural fluctuations or something. It always has to do with some sort of what I would call, you know, disordered eating or, or eating that doesn't feel good to me when right. it's happening or how it feels. So that was a, you know, factor of my life, you know, through my teens and college, I played sports and then I quit playing sports. Of course, I gained weight because I could carb load and eat like a monster <laughs> playing sports. Um, and then it was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, this is, this is going to catch up with me. <laughs> I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. Mm. That was kind of the thing. So I actually joined Overeaters Anonymous. Mm. I knew a lot of people who were in, you know, 12 steps for various other reasons, connected with them through family and et cetera. And I thought, this program's rather brilliant. I wonder if they have something for food. And mm. they do. And so right. I joined, I joined that group and it was the first time I think I really was able to release the shame about it. Wow. Cause it was like, okay, I, I consider myself a with it person. I know everything there is to know about nutrition and fitness. So why can't I get it? Like, why can't I action all this knowledge, right. all this stuff I know? And I found out that's typical. That's typical of people with problems with food. We know everything right. in the book about it. And it's, it's because it's not about the knowledge. It's not about what's in your head. So I, I, um, I got a sponsor and I worked the program and it helped, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't the, the whole picture, but what was right. so great is just talking about it. Um, you know, being able to admit to people that I felt out of control sometimes around food, understanding that that wasn't making me a bad person. It wasn't just applying more willpower, you know, it got me out of that shame. Mm -hmm. silence about it because the other side of food that a lot of people don't talk about is people will shame you if you're not fat enough to have a food problem yes, <laughs> yes! <laughs> they'll be like it's kind of like how dare you be having a thing because yeah. your thing is not significant enough so like shut up and like keep it quiet right <laughs> so I kind of I kind of got that too, right? So I had to, right. it, it helped me articulate that like the the problem's in the mind, right? Mm. It's that right. I know I'm thinking about this too much. I know that this is absorbing my life in a way I don't want it to. I want to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. I want to be able to make choices and have some control over that. So that was a really powerful journey. And it, it got me to a certain point where, you know, it improved some of the binge eating right? Mm. So I got kind of to a new level of like, okay, I, I know what my triggers are. And they have a system where you have like red list, um, yellow list and green list foods. So mm -hmm. they take it from the abstinence 12 step approach where some things are red list, like you may never eat pizza again. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh my God, I don't, I don't know if I can do that forever, you know? So right. I didn't end up sticking with that program in that way now, but it was really helpful in gaining awareness and getting a practice around it. And then more recently, I actually ended up working with a coach who got me into the mental game of it. And that was the most powerful shift. Wow. It was, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. And I was going to say, I was, I was going to ask, was it like, a, like an emotional eating coach? Like, I was like, I'm, like, yeah. I'm all in this story. I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm <laughs> um, Yeah, I think she called herself like emotional eating and body image and stuff like that. And and what she and her branding was about, you know, elevation as opposed to survival. Like, you know, you right. can feel amazing. You can be your best body, your most confident. You can have freedom around food. 
And um, she actually said, don't call yourself an, an, uh, a food addict because mm. food addicts can't control themselves around food. Right. And that was like, ding dong. Yeah. I need to release that identity right now. Right. <laughs> so don't call yourself a food addict. You're a naturally thin person. You're someone right. who has no problem eating balanced, you know? Right. So in, in putting these new identities around who I am with my body, who I am with food was really exciting and, and really helped me from in that trap of like, oh, I've always eaten this way. I'm just that kind of person. Mm. I have that, that thing, right? That's just me to like, no, I love myself so much, you know, from that positive sense. I love myself so much and I want to take exquisite care of myself and it feels so good to eat balanced. And right. so that was part of it, the identity piece. And then the other part that was um, really big was the emotional regulation, right? You mm. eat your feelings, most people. Right. Or you smoke right. them or drink them or, or exercise them or whatever, right? But to actually just feel those feelings. <sighs> the journey of feeling your feelings, I don't know if you're on it, but it never ends. No. No, and I'm on it. And that, you know, <laughs> honestly, Shiloh, that's the reason why I started this podcast because I was like, it can't just be my eating. Like, I, there's yeah. something else. And obviously, as things have transpired, it's like, oh, it's your feelings that you're trying to suppress, friend. This has nothing yeah. to do with this food. It's all about no. feelings. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so when you really get real with that and you face it, it's like, I already, I've been to therapy. I've done some inner child work. I coach women on doing their inner child work and feeling their feelings. But the degree to which you need to feel your feelings if you want to not eat them is very high. Yes. Like you have to be feeling all those feelings all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, so that's, yeah, go yeah. I was going to say that kind of brings me up to today. So go ahead with your, your <laughs> comment. No, I love it. And it, it was just so like, a, as you were just saying all these things, it's like, yes, I, yep, yep. I get it. I get it. I get it. But one thing I wanted to go back to, cause I thought this is brilliant. You brought up the fact that you being a thin person and someone calling you out on the fact that you have an eating concern. They're like, how dare you? Like, who, like, <laughs> you're not fat. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and the reason why that really resonated with me is because I've always been an overweight person. Right. Mm. And so it was a thing of like, oh, it makes sense why you're overweight. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So I can't imagine being on the other side of that and just saying like, trust me, I have problems eating. Like I have problems with that is like the most frustrating. I mean, I don't know how you felt. I mean, you basically said it, but it's just like to have that frustration. Like, I promise you, I have this issue, but the outer, your outer appearance said something right. different. Right. And so in terms of that work, how did, how did you make peace with that? If that makes sense? That's such a good question. And I hadn't thought of it before, but as we're saying it here, I think it was a worthiness piece. Mm. It's like, yeah, I'm thin enough. Like it's not, I, I'm not like desperate, but what right. if I want to thrive? What if I want to not only have the body that is like the best I can have, but I also want to feel in my body because overeating feels like shit. Yes. Overeating feels bad. When you're thin, it feels bad. When you're fat, it feels bad. It just right. feels bad. Right. right. I don't want to do that to myself. So right. what it came down to is, again, with the feelings is not only do I, I want to look good and all that stuff, but 
do I value myself enough to be like mm. my discomfort matters wow. like a lot. Mm. Right. And you know, I, I feel, I love like posing questions like that because it's like, sometimes we just don't even think about what type of like damage that we are either being like that we're taking in or that we're causing to ourselves. And what I mean, like taking in, like we're just allowing people's, you know, opinions or whatever about us kind of shape who we are as a person. And it's like, I'm not going to hold that in me. I'm not going to mm -hmm. do that. Right. I'm, I, you know, I hate that you don't see this, but I, I can't hold that. And then, then try to create, who I am or, or not even really create kind of recreate, right. Basically just to fit some type of narrative. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so wild in that regard. Yeah. And to add to that, most people are so well-meaning, right? Mm, they're thinking, right, exactly. they're thinking you have a body image problem. Oh, yes. shallow. You look great. Oh, shallow. You're lean. Oh, don't, don't worry about the food. Just do you like have fun, have the cake, you know, you can have a donut, that kind of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> they're trying to let you off the hook for something you don't want to be left off the hook for. Like this is, it's the wrong problem that they're focusing on. And mm -hmm. because you know, there's in, in the media and everybody knows women got body image problems. Don't feed their body image problems. Tell them they're beautiful. Tell them they're fine. So like so right. well-meaning, right. Mm -hmm. And true. When I was deeper in my food um, focus, I guess I'll call it. I did focus more on any weight I had. Because it was part of the shame. Yes. If I could handle my eating, I wouldn't have this little muffin top, right? <laughs> right. But but as as I've gotten freer, I do mm. feel more beautiful whether my weight's up or down. So like that's good. But it's 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 that people who aren't on the journey don't recognize that what's going on in here is more important than what you look like. Yes. That that battle, and that's one thing. Oh, I am so excited about this conversation right now. You have no idea because I have always wanted to just tell people what was going on up here and I have them understand it's not about the fact that I can't follow through with Weight Watchers. It's not the fact that I can't follow through whatever. There's emotional things that are happening. And I honestly, I didn't have language for it at the time. No, no. You know? But I knew something was, there was a battle in me that Weight Watchers, the Atkins diet or anything, none of, they couldn't solve it. Like, and, but I just didn't know how to one, get the help and then, and two, admit the shame and be okay with admitting it and trying to get that help at the same time. That makes sense. You know? Oh, completely. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And I say that with my, my coaching clients, like if you're a woman and your marriage not going well, you think your husband's got to change. She's not doing the things you want. Right. But often you're doing things, you're thinking things, you're feeling things that are having an impact on him, but you have no idea. How could you wow. know what that is? You'd change it if you could, right? Mm -hmm. And the same with the food battle. You go to Atkins, you go to Weight Watchers because you don't know why you do what you do. You're like, why do I do this to myself? Why can't I right. stop doing this to myself? And until, you know, you have that awakening, really, of the power you have and the the way that you influence yourself, you know, until you become a person with multiple personality disorders and talk to yourself about yourself <laughs> until the committee, until you meet that committee in your head, 
Right. You don't know who's running the committee. Someone's chairing the committee and you did not elect them. And you don't know why things keep going left when you say go right. 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 (laughs) It's so true. So true. And I love that you brought up the fact uh, about your coaching women. So I please just share because I want to, I'm going to tie this in with eating, Mm -hmm. but share with everyone your coaching program and how it has, well, not so much how, but like what you're doing for women in this particular coaching program. Cause I think it's so cool. Right. Thank you. Um, so women will come to me saying, I got a real good man, but you know, mm. I got, I love him, but, and then it's like my emotional needs, like the quality time, the affection, there's like a coldness. There's some intangible thing that's not working for them. You know, Mm. maybe he freaks out every once in a while and they're kind of insecure. Right. Right. And what I do for them is I help them understand what is the formula that keeps love lasting for your whole life. How Mm. do you be that woman who is just adored her whole life? Like this guy loves you more and more every year. The passion remains. And these things I can't believe they're so hidden. They're essentially universal principles of attraction and emotional safety, right? Mm -hmm. And so once you see this stuff, you are awakened. Instead of going, why do we fight? Why is he always reacting that way? Why can't I speak kindly when I'm angry? Why do I end up yelling and screaming and threatening to leave when I don't mean it? People always tell me that one. I'm like, don't do that one. That's the worst. But but again, I'm telling myself don't have a fight, but I have a fight. Right. So that's the emotional aspect, this inner child work, the self-regulation. So you become a woman who doesn't have fights. Mm. You don't have to attend every argument you're brought to. Right. So or invited to, right? So the first part is you just don't have fights anymore because you're not a fighter. You stop fighting. But then the other piece, which is so lacking, is then how do you speak up for yourself? Yes. Because it's always causing a fight, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) I tried to speak up myself and I got defensiveness. I got the, you know, excuses. I got all this other stuff. And so to speak up to yourself effectively to a man requires two things in equal part. Extremely high self-worth and Mm. fearless vulnerability. Mm. Like, I just even get chills because it is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You have to walk in there knowing that your feelings matter, knowing that your desires matter, regardless of what he's going to do about it. You know that stuff in your gut to your core. Right. So I give women permission to say, yes, you can want that. Yes, you're not crazy. No, your expectations are not out of this world. You want those things. You want them. Right. Right. But then when you express them to this man, you don't say you need to do this stuff. You don't say I expect that stuff. You don't say you've been screwing up because now you got yourself a fight. You say, I feel sad. Mm. And just let it drop. Just. I feel sad. Can I share why I'm feeling sad? Right. Mm. I've noticed, you know, I haven't had a quality time with you in the last couple of weeks or whatever it may be. And when you can do that so clean where you're not even in your mind blaming him, you're not mm. even in your mind demanding something that you're fully just expressing yourself. It's so compelling. It's so powerful that it completely right. changes the dynamic of your relationship. That 
That is so like profound, but, but at the same time, like you said, it's so simple. And I'm like wondering how, how did you get into this work? Like what led you to this? Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, you know, coaching women in this way. Right. Well, like everything, you coach yourself first. Right. So I had the good man. I had the house, I had the kids. I was like, great. This is what I was desperate for, for all of my twenties. <laughs> and then it, you know, after two kids, it kind of nosedived. Mm. And I was the woman who had read all the books, who was right up on the self-help, had been to therapy. And I thought, why can't I still not communicate effectively? Mm. Why can't I still not get my needs met? I must you know, and I, we fought and we didn't fight and I tried all the things, right? Please read this book with me, you know, whatever. Men don't go to therapy and couples therapy. Like sometimes it makes things worse. I know it's like sad to hear this, but it can often make things worse if you drag a man to couples therapy who doesn't want to go. Right. He will feel so unsafe and so implicated. He just will be shut down from the start. So my husband was shut down. I was in that desperate pursuing mode like why can't I get through to you trying to talk to you right and I kind of woke up one morning and went this is everything I've ever wanted and I'm miserable so what's going on Mm. what can I do right right and that's that's it right there because I think so many times people don't want to look inward it's the other person because yeah. I've gotten everything that I've wanted out of this, but not nice much I got everything out of this, but yeah. I'm creating this amazing life and you appear to not be in it with right. me. Right. <laughs> right. right. You're not playing your role that I signed you. Right. And that's, I think that's the thing, especially with relationships. It's like we come in with these expectations sometimes and we think certain people, we think the person that's in the relationship with us should follow suit with our fairy tale story. Meanwhile, we've not even shared the story with them. It's all in our head, right? Like, so- <laughs> or and then so- you do share it with them and they're mm-hmm. like, pardon me? Like, what is your <laughs> fantasy that you had in mind? That, right. that happens too. Right. And so I guess that then leads me to the question of the women that you're working with do they have these, you know, quote unquote fairy tale stories? And if they do, are they like bringing their, their partners into this story and how, how are, and is it something that's actually good? Like, does it turn into what they want or better or worse? Like, what does that look like for many of the clients that you work with? So a lot of the clients I have, have the story of tit for tat. Like Mm. it's not, it's not a crazy fantasy. They're mostly mature women, you know, who have seen some lives. They're not like total princess at all, but they're thinking if I do this for you, you're going to do it for me. (laughs) They're given to get, I know that sounds gross, but it's the story they carry because they would do it for anybody. They're very giving, Mm. very loving. So it's confusing because they're giving and giving and giving and giving and they're not getting back. And so they come to me kind of in this depleted state of like, I have given so much. I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to do because he's not, you know, doing the same, saying that I loves you, giving me the gifts, planning the stuff, being sweet, where I'm doing all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So here's the, here's the thing. I work very much with the differences between men and women to like elevate this process. It's not just emotional safety and responsibility. It's that men right. like to give and women like to receive. So right. if you're giving everything to your man, you're not loving him the way he wants to be loved deep down. Instinctually, wow. you're mothering him. Mm. And we don't That's think it. of it that way because we're just doing our instinctual woman, give, 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 care, 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 ask you questions, how you doing, what's going on, all that stuff. And they right. will get cold and distant, and which to us is a knife in the heart, right? We're like, right. I'm so open and loving to you. And you're like, ah, leave me alone. Like, give me some space, lady. But he's telling right. you what he needs. He needs some space. space. Right, right. So with my clients, the first step is back way the hell off. Stop mm. doing all the stuff you're doing. Like, all wow. of it. And they'll be like, oh, my God. But what if he notices and, like, doesn't think I love him anymore? I'm like, he will be happy. And, wow. dude, he's always happier. Wow. Because he and needed that room to breathe. Breathe. Right. Oh, that is so interesting. And it's so funny as a woman. I mean, you're thinking about, at least for me, I could say, like, growing up, it was always a thing of, as the woman, you're caring for all of the people, regardless of whatever. And so, of course, if you're married... Yeah that person is going to fall right into suit. And so there's never that conversation about, well, at least in my family, I can't say for other people. I, yeah. there was never a conversation of, okay, you have to do X, Y, and Z in a marriage and yeah. not be the mother in the marriage. You know what I'm saying? Oh and yeah. I had no idea. Mm, yeah. And, and most women have no idea because, and men mostly don't know how to say it because they're not conscious of it either. So they're not able to come and say, hey, like, this is too much. I need you to back off. They'll just be reactive or irritable or they'll withdraw because right. they're not they're not aware of what's really happening inside them either. Right. Wow. So you start with the backing off and 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 you keep being appreciative, you know, and you keep mm -hmm. being available if you want to be available and open. But you don't give and solicit and reach out. You just lean back. And then, you know, give him the time to initiate. And what's so cool about this is that it doesn't take very long. And he's mm. kind of like, oh, the energy shifts, right? Because you want the energy to go from at him to at you. So then right. the space, there's the breathing period. Then he starts, you know, stepping up a bit, stepping up a bit. And every time he does, you say, oh, that feels so good. Thank you. Right. You know, I feel wonderful yeah. when you plan stuff. I, I love it that you texted me. You just think, you just think all the little things, every little thing that happens. And then literally almost all my clients will be like, he just like did the dishes and he just like did a thing he's never done before. He is taking right. care of the kids at bedtime. He never does that. And wow. I'm like, when a man feels appreciated and respected, he blossoms. Like it's just, you get the best man that he can be. Right. And so I, and then I went, that's interesting. And I also wondered, cause I wanted to shift this a bit in terms of what we were talking about um, before I hit record women that are in your actual coaching program in terms of them seeking out your help and having concerns around like body image. Right. And mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. that it's their body that's, you know, um, unattractive to their husbands. And so they they might be doing things in terms of their eating, you know, um, mm -hmm. restricting or whatever. 
How does that play into the coaching um, or it, has it ever for that matter? Yes. It's a great question. So often when women come to me, their husband will be emotionally distant and physically distant. So, mm. you know, there might be some sexuality, but it's not much. It's not passionate. Right. And these women are thinking he must be not attracted to me. That's where we yeah. go immediately as women, right? Because yes. we've been raised on this false notion that men will want sex as long as the female is sufficiently attractive enough. That's it. Yeah. Like if yeah. she's physically appealing, then he'll be all about it. And it's like, yeah, for like a month, you know, like that's true <laughs> in like right. the wild of early dating. <laughs> but right, right. <laughs> once you move in with a woman, if her body hasn't changed dramatically, it doesn't even matter anymore. Right. Like if a man has married you or gotten into long-term relationship with you, what I always tell them is you're his type. Like your body type, you're his type. He mm -hmm. would not have been setting up house with you if you're not his type. Women do right. that all the time, but men don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? So don't start thinking you need to look really different than what you look. Wow. Right. You're okay. Like that's his type. But what creates the long-term attraction is the energy between you, not your appearance. Wow. Because people will say all the time, and I was the same. I got all dolled up. He barely even looked at me. I was mm. looking my best. He said nothing because we're relying so heavy on the physical appeal because that's all we've been taught men care about. And it's not true. It's not the primary right. thing once you're in a long-term relationship. Thank you so much for pointing that out because I think, one, that brings relief for both, for men and women in, in that regard, because I feel like men in some ways, in terms of societal norms, feel pressured to yes. be a part of that construct of, oh yeah, I, I want to see yeah. this attractive woman and I've got this attractive, quote unquote, attractive woman on my arm right. or whatever. So I have right. to keep up this appearance. And then on right. the other end, you have women that are doing all these crazy things to keep this image up. And it's like, just right. be your energy is enough. And that if yeah. you're attracted, you're going to connect. It is what it is, you know? Yeah, totally. And even for men who, when they're not attracted to their wives, like I don't mean physically, but their, their passion is dwindling. They'll mm -hmm. feel like, Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Because society's wow. telling them they should always want it. And they should want it all the time. And right. it's like, no, a lot of men are, you know how everybody knows women are sensitive to energy. If you don't treat her nice, she probably won't want to be physically intimate with you. But there's a lot right. of men who, when they're not respected, they don't want to be physically intimate with you either. Right. They're like, you know what? No, thanks. I'm not in the mood now. Right. Exactly. And you, I think once again, I, I know this is about us empowering women, but I think at the same time, there has to be that component where, men are given that agency to feel that like okay. I don't have to force myself to be in the mood because I'm supposed to be this animalistic creature that wants it all the time oh yes so, yes I, I I really appreciate you sharing that because I feel like that is a big pressure for me a, a lot of men feeling like I have to perform in that way or else Completely. I'm not a man Right. And when you bring it back to us and how we can be part of that, right? Because because I'm always dealing with the woman. It's like when you respect your husband and you don't make it personal every time he doesn't want to, you're mm. giving him that freedom to be human. Yes. Whereas when your insecurities run the relationship, 
and then he's not in the mood and now it's because you're hideous and he's not attracted to you anymore you must have got fat he's like i can't i can't admit it to her because she's gonna make it all about her and what's wrong with her right wow that is th this was amazing <laughs> no i'm so serious because i feel like so many people for so long have been and you know, I mean, you're in this work and, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing because I feel like so many people have put so much pressure on themselves in relationships yeah. and one, they've not taken the time to learn who they are as people, right? And yeah. really understand that, you know, you, who, who you are as a person is enough, you know, this relationship wouldn't be if that other person didn't find not just your physical, but everything about you attractive. Right. So just relax right. and just be you, you know? I mean, you nailed it. And that's a lot of it. Like once you stop doing all these things to earn his love, mm -hmm. women will be like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> like That was keeping me busy. That was dampening down my anxiety. I was doing stuff, right? Right, like, right. Do something that feels good. Go have some fun. Take a dance class. Read a book. Have a bath. Like, Mm -hmm. Be in your pleasure. Just like enjoy yourself. When right. you start turning that energy from out there into you, that increases your attractiveness. I mean, you're right. just happier, which is enough reason. But in the context of marriage, you're more attractive because now right. you're just doing your thing and you're this happy woman. I always say, if you notice in movies, when, when the guy is like, you know, the meat cute and he's falling for the girl, you know what she's doing? She's always walking away. She's wow. coming past and she's gone. And she's right. coming here and she's gone. She's busy. She's got stuff to do. Right. It's very attractive when a woman is happily playing her life out. Right. Not there groveling and serving and begging and complaining. Just like, I got fun stuff to do. I'll see you when I see you. Right. And that's like the whole thing of attraction. You're attracting. You're not going towards someone's coming to you because what right. your essence and who you are as a person, it's like something about that person. I cannot, I can't yeah. get enough. I've got to go find them. Right. That's like, it. Yeah, do your thing. They're going to come to you. I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So let everyone know about your coaching program. So the coaching program is called, remind me again. So I got, well, there's two options. You can oh. work with me one-on-one -on -one, and that's my love for life. And then I also have like a course that you can do anytime on your own called Happily Married Woman. Oh, nice. And the cool thing is if you enroll in Happily Married Woman and you want to go to one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can credit the whole uh, price of it to your one-on-one -on -one coaching because they really work well together. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And so in both programs, I guide people through my real love method, right? Mm -hmm. So the first step is own your worth. This is turning your energy in, inwards, focusing on yourself. The second step is understanding men. Like you got to know why they do what they do. So you're not taking everything personally. You just kind of right. get this lay of the land of like typical masculine behaviors and blind spots too, right? Because a lot right. of the times women get their feelings hurt because they think men think like us. And then right. we go, well, I wouldn't do that if I love someone. Right. Right. Well, he would. <laughs> so it's not because he doesn't love you. <laughs> and, right. and then and then the third part of it is all about this communication we talked about earlier. So you're taking mm -hmm. your self-worth with you and you're opening your heart and you're saying what you really feel, you know, mm. what you really need. You're expressing yourself, expressing yourself. And right. a lot of that I hold your hand through and I help you kind of practice it because I know it could be scary when you start. Right. And then the last part I call be his lover, not his mother. <laughs> so oh, I love this that. is. 
Yeah, this is like, you know, once we get married and have kids, we shift into this mother energy and which is inherently asexual, right? Mm. Just like when women, when women say things like, oh, he's like another child. Don't do that. That's like the buzzkill of all time for you right. and for him, right? right? So when you focus on the lover it's like what are the things that feel sexy for you this is where the self-image comes in this is where mm -hmm. um I, I have a mantra i'm irresistible you just keep oh, telling yourself it. that yeah. it doesn't matter nothing has to change you just tell yourself that every day <laughs> and you wouldn't believe how it works right you choose to commit to believing that you are this delightful woman that any man would like to be around Right? right. And so different practices and just your unique way of doing that. Cause I found when I got into this kind of world, there was a lot of like really sexy vampy stuff that just felt too much for a girl like me. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, people right. talk about lingerie and you're like, that does not look right on me. I don't think so. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> everything is very like, just wherever you are, you take a baby step forward, mm. you know? And, and so when you work through all of this, you change, you right. become confident, you become vulnerable, you become trusting of the man you're with. Cause a lot of this comes from also our wounding where we don't trust men. So we're right. like, might as well not tell him he won't care. He won't do it. Or maybe the baggage in your own relationship currently. And so you come out of this, it's like beginner's mind. You start over with your relationship. What do you really want out of it? Let's go for that. And, um, yeah, it's amazing what happens. People are just like, this completely changes your life. I, I love that. That just sounds, oh, that sounds amazing. And I, I, it's encouraging to know that they, that the work that you're doing is allowing people to, like you said, to basically to have a beginner's mind again and just kind of start from scratch with it as opposed to try to like, I guess, or, you know, kind of like keep all that on the back burner. Cause it's, I mean, it's still there. So it's like, kind of like not so much erasing it, but allowing a clean slate to kind of like take place through a whole process. So I, I like that. I really do. That's right. awesome. It's a really good point because resentment is a big block, right? Yes. So women will come in with the resentment and we do have to unpack that because one thing I always tell them is your man cannot heal your resentment. You know, mm. it's done. He yes. did it already. Whatever happened, happened. And women want him to make amends on such a deep level that now they're not resentful anymore. You can't hang your hat on that. Right. Because it's at the over end of the now. day, it's you. It's you. You're holding it. It's your story. It's your pain, right? I always say it's like mm -hmm. a backpack. Every time something happens, you throw a rock in there until you're carrying this big backpack of resentment. And you have a choice. You can just put it down. I love that analogy. Because it is, it's like slowly, you're just throwing more into that yeah. bag and not realizing how heavy it's getting. Like right. you start feeling the weight, but it's like, that can't be me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't carry around rocks on purpose. You know, it's so true. I have women come to me who will say, my husband has no idea how angry I am. I don't even know how I would begin to tell him. Right. Wow. All the things left unsaid and they're going, I don't know if I can hang on for empty nest or whatever's next because I'm just right. so angry. And, and what can wow. I do about it? And it's like, we can do, I always say to every woman, what do you want? You know? And they'll say, well, mm. I do want to be with this man. I, I just want to love him. I want him to love me. And I say, well, if that's what you want, we can do it. Right. It's, if you want a divorce and the, you don't want to work through the resentment, you can do that too. 
But what do you really want? Right. Yeah. I love that. This is, I feel like we're now in an age where we are allowing women to have agency in a way that it's never been before. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's also something, like you said before, it's like you're holding their hand in these one-on-ones because it is scary. Like, what do I, you're asking me, what do I want? (laughs) Ask me what I want. I'm, I'm always the one making sure everyone else is okay. And I'm just kind of like this being that's just in this whole relationship with everyone that's involved. Right. I don't, there's no, what do I want? So that is scary. You're so right. And we exist to serve, right? It's like, I know what my husband needs. I know what my kids need. I'm really good at meeting those needs. My identity comes from meeting other people's needs. And Mm -hmm. I always say there's no medals for martyrship. Like this is a message I want to hammer home. There's so many stories of women who gave it all to their families. They were the perfect wife, mother, whatever. And you know what they get? Nothing. They get divorced, they get cheated on, and Mm. they get misery because they put themselves last. And they think that at the end of that martyrship will be the love and the appreciation that they're craving. But it's the reverse. You get less of it when you're a martyr because people learn from your behavior that you can be taken for granted. That you wow. don't need respect to keep showing up. That your feelings don't matter because you never made them matter. Mm. So how you treat yourself is how others will treat you. Yeah. That just hit me so hard because it's like, that has that was my life for so long that I thought that the more that I put myself in this martyred state, somehow I'll be elevated up. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and it's all going to be... So, oh, Alicia's such an amazing, and it's like, no, friend, you have to show up for yourself and set that expectation and and things will fall into place. Lord. Oh, oh I feel that when you say that. And I do feel like I brought up in the church too. And there's a bit of that Christ, it is that Christ thing. Like, well, I'm the servant of all. And if I put myself last, then I will be first. And it's like, in heaven, that's what that means. (laughs) Doesn't mean in this (laughs) lifetime, you know? (laughs) So if you have the opportunity to not be a slave, let's right. do it. Exactly. Because exactly. that's part of it. Women yes. have been subjugated. So we have this mind frame of, I have to put up with it because I won't survive if I don't have a man. I won't mm. survive if I don't please him. So I do believe that there's like a primal terror in upsetting a man. You know, yeah. he'll get yeah. mad if I, I can't do that because he'll get mad. And it's like, okay, wow. if you're in an abusive relationship, true. If you have nothing and no money, true. But right. for most, like you said, we haven't we haven't become accustomed to our freedom. We don't yes. know that a man being angry doesn't mean death and punishment for us yes. and our children. Yes. I think that's really hardwired into our nervous systems. And right. so, so coming home to like, okay, he didn't like it. He got a little upset. I'm going to live. Right. He's not going to abandon me tomorrow. It's actually hard for even the most powerful women. Like we really cater to men's emotions a lot. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Shiloh. I could talk to you all day. Like seriously, because I was like, yes, yes, yes. So much. But before we go, please let everyone know where they can follow you, whether it's social media, your website, 
Oh my gosh, this was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so you can come friend me on Facebook because it's very easy to find me there at Shiloh Minor. Um, but I uh -huh. also have a website, www.shilohminer.com. And that has my whole story and everything about me and, and what I believe. I'm also at Instagram, whatever. But just come be my friend. I'm just like Alicia. I'm super casual. Uh, say hello. Say where you found me and um, yeah, how we can chat. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Shiloh, thank you so much for coming on this week. This was amazing. And I know this is going to really help a lot of women that are feeling so stuck in their relationships and just feel like they have nowhere to turn. So you are a blessing to so many people out here in the world. So thank you. Mm, this was an amazing conversation. I had so much fun. So thank you for offering me your platform. Oh, you are, you are so welcome. Y'all, we had an awesome time. So thank <laughs> you so much again, Shiloh. And y'all, thank you so much for listening to we, to this week's episode. I can't even talk of the Eating Me podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much, Shiloh. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Eating Me podcast. I am so happy that you all keep coming back to listen to these awesome conversations. And so please, if you have not, please subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show, please take the time to rate and review the show. These conversations mean so much to me, and I hope they mean that much to you. So definitely continue to rate and review, start rating and reviewing, and continue to share or start sharing the podcast with those that you love or those that you're trying to love. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'll see y'all in the next episode. I love you. Bye.